Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we about to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, just got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Time for another edition of AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. I'm Tony Schiavone, as always, joined by Aubrey Edwards. How are you today, Hello. Aubrey? I am doing great because I'm happy we're on the road. I'm happy that we get to visit all these new towns, that we've got all these great people joining our company. Like, things are great right now, and I love it, and it's awesome. How are you, Tony? I'm doing great. It is exciting to be able to talk to the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Hello, Mark. What's up, Tony? Hey, man. (laughs) Hey, listen, you and I shared an Uber going to the airport. Uh, recently and we had a nice long talk and you and i have actually done some work together you know just kind of calling matches together getting to feel for things and and i'm going to say the same thing i told you I, i'm so excited that you're part of the aew team now for many many reasons number one you are a very entertaining guy oh yeah and it's uh, and not only that you're you're really involved in community efforts I just want to say overall, and I know the fans say the same thing, Mark, it's great to have you aboard. You know, it's good to be wanted. It's good to be considered valuable. It's good to be recognized for your effort. And that's pretty much all I ever wanted is confirmation that how hard I work is being effective. And if money comes along with it, great. If fame comes along with it, fine. But at the end of the day, like everybody you meet that you have any kind of relationship with, like you want there to be a give and take. You don't want to just sit there and take. You, you want to add to something, you know, at least if you got any kind of gumption in you whatsoever, right. like you're going to want to you want to give back. And that's that's the, that's the way I wake up every day. Like, what, what can I do different? What can I do to help everything that I'm working on currently? So you made your debut at Double or Nothing, and probably one of my favorite parts of that day is that you were just hanging around backstage, chilling with everybody, saying hi. I think your son Jacob was around. Bothering bothering everybody. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. So Janet in makeup, uh, I write in with her every show. And she was telling me, she's like, oh, Jacob's here. Last time I saw him, he was this little tiny kid, and now he's bigger than his dad. And I'm like, what's going on? What are you talking about? And I didn't think anything at all about like you joining us or debuting because we have guests backstage all the time. People just hanging out, saying hi. I'm like, man, this guy has so much good energy. I really hope he joins the company. And then lo and behold, a few later, hours later, Tony Schiavone introduces you. You come out. I'm like, yay, this is awesome. <laughs> that was a good time because, you know, like I'm, I'm very private about what I do and I didn't tell anybody. You know, I, I alluded to the fact that uh, where I was working before that, you know, like for what I was doing was not enough for me, that I was going to have to look for work, you know, elsewhere. And, um, you know, I was told, you know, well, I mean, that's that's what you got to do. You got to look out for your family. I understand. I said, but, you know, I'm competitive and I want to win and. Uh, I'm prove 
to you and everybody else that, you know, my efforts don't go unnoticed. You know, I, I didn't become a world champion in three different sports by accident and a national champion four times in another sport. So I've been pretty busy and I've had a lot of success and it's a byproduct of hard work and uh, exposure. So that's what I feel like my biggest gift is going to be to the talent is I paid attention and I'm exposed to a lot of things in a bunch of different areas. And if you just, you know, humble yourself a little bit and not kill the messenger, you, you'll come away from it a better person. We're talking with Mark Henry on AEW Unrestricted. And just a little uh, before I get into our, our next topic here, just a little side note about that day at Double or Nothing. I had seen Dave LaGreca backstage. And Mark, and then I looked at Dave LaGreca and I said, hey, I didn't know they let idiots backstage. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I, then I saw you walk by and I thought, okay, Busted Open is going to be here today. See, I didn't know you were a part of the team. And then they told me we're going to introduce Mark Henry as part of our team. And I went, that is freaking great news. And then, if you'll recall, your interview got cut short because everything went wrong. So when I introduced Mark Henry, they say, you're just going to introduce him. Just come out and wave. When I introduced Mark Henry, he came out and he, he pointed at his watch like, <laughs> get it going. <laughs> so so Mark, Mark was running the interview from the stage for me telling me let's get moving so what i'm trying to say here mark is that that shows your leadership skills you knew that it had to be done quickly yeah and you were telling me bro get it done right now uh, yeah that, that was a great moment your leadership skills mark are, are very very apparent backstage with the kids and i say kids the the younger talent that's just getting started in wrestling because you've been such a star and you take that leadership very, very seriously, don't you? I do. Uh, I've been a, I've been the captain of every team I've ever been on. Uh, I learned when I was really young that the tallest tree is going to get the most wind. And with that attention, and I wanted to be famous. I never in my life wanted to be rich. I, I never wanted to see see the world and all the stuff that came along with it. Tony, I just wanted to be famous. I mean, I saw celebrities on TV and go, right. That's what I want to do. I want to be that guy. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I want to do something. And I'm still that way. I get as much joy out of somebody that I mentor making it to the top as if I made it to the top because I know what's going to happen. I know they're going to say, Hey man, like Mark Henry pulled me aside and said, this will work. And he was right. And I'm going to go, yes. Like, I, I want that. I want that smoke. And right. I see stuff. And I, I've, I've talked to Aubrey. i talked to everybody that will listen, like, what I see. And it's, some of it is, damn, I knew that. I should have followed my instincts. But sometimes you need to be told, follow your instincts. Like, don't rely on other people telling you what to do because they may forget. So, yeah, I, I, um, I value leadership and I've had good leadership in my life and a lot of executives for whatever reason, God put high functioning people, people that, you know, run the Oprah Winfrey network, people that are, you know, big time musicians own musical companies, uh, real estate businesses, structure the Olympic committee, like all kind of stuff. And I listen to them and I try my best to follow direction of how to get that done. And that's what I just tell people, keep your ears open and you, you, I'm sure you'll get something out of people. If you ask them for help, if they don't help you, then, you know, that's on them, but not, it shouldn't be because you didn't, you weren't able to be led right. or you weren't able to lead. I love that you mentioned that, like mentoring people and giving feedback, because the first time you had given me feedback, literally the first thing I did was text my husband and say, bro, Mark Henry just gave me feedback and it was awesome. Like, 
How cool is that, that someone who's done all of the things that he did is taking the time to pull you aside and telling you how to be better at your job? It's just, it's one of the things I absolutely love about AEW is we're bringing everyone and we're all trying to build that team aspect. Like, because part of being a leader is understanding it's not just about you, it's about everyone else. And I really, really appreciate that. And it's different with everybody. You can't coach the quarterback the same way you coach the defensive end. Like, I, I'm... I'm an attentive listener and a willing participant in a conversation. You say something, I go, mm-hmm, I understand. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Say that again? Like, I'm, I'm that guy. And I don't expect everybody to be that because I talk to people and sometimes people are, and they can, they can take the information the same time that they're doing all that. I don't look at them and go, hey, you know I'm talking to you, right? I, I, don't, I don't do that. I just know that by whatever they do, if they don't do what I said, then I know they weren't listening. And then I'll have to have a conversation where, hey, you know, I, yeah, that could have been avoided if you had been listening to me and didn't have your phone up. <laughs> like that, that will come, but you don't always lead with that. And I think too many people lead with, this is what you need to do. Pay attention to me. I know what I'm talking about. You ain't had no experience doing it. I, I hate that. You shut me off. You turn me right off when you come at me like that. So I, I, I tend to try to lead people differently because it's required to lead differently. Talking to the Mark Henry. Mark, you're part of the AEW outreach, community outreach team, which is a new uh, effort for our company. And uh, talk about uh, what you think and your aspirations for this team. You know, I think it's going to be great. You get a lot of self-joy out of seeing other people benefit from something that you do. Uh, you also uh, make the company that you work for look good by being able to donate your time and your experience with dealing with people that are in need. And there's nothing more rewarding to me. And I always say, I'm going to tell you my opinion, and then I'm going to tell you the facts. The opinion, in my opinion, I don't get, I don't get as much joy out of getting a, a paycheck than I do of seeing somebody smile and going, man, thank you for coming. Like, this was awesome. And I'm a big kid, so I play a lot. Of, I play games, and I, I like to kid around and joke. As you can tell, I like to laugh. And I want other people to share on that. I want other people to laugh, too. And when you laugh by yourself, people think you're laughing at them. I want people to laugh with me. <laughs> and and that's, that's, that's why you do it. That's why you do community outreach, to, to educate people. And I know people, man, Tony, I ran Kids Club. I don't know if I told you this, but I ran kids club when I was in college in Colorado. And I was the only black dude in about a hundred mile radius. And this little kid, I had back then I had hair. I know it's hard to believe. I don't believe yeah. it. But I had a high top fade. Yeah. Like the, like kid and play. And, Stylish. And and this little this little white kid came up to me and said, Can I touch your hair? And I said, yeah. And I bent down and he, he said, oh my God, it's like a sponge. And, <laughs> and, and we had like this really connection. And he was like, um, he informed me that he had never seen a chocolate person before. No. <laughs> Funny, it's come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard identically the same story from Chris Jericho. Really? He was the kid that told someone in front of his dad, he's yeah. like, I never met a chocolate person before. And his dad said, hey, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Don't say that. Like, you know, this is the way you say this. You know, like this is African America. It's a, right. it's a person of color. It's a black person. Like, you know, somebody might have took offense to that. Sure. But out of the mouths of babes, yeah, you know, stuff will come to you that is not with malice, right? But it's with miseducation or with youthful ignorance. Sure. And 
we all have it. I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I, I don't know and I don't pretend that I know. Right. I want to be educated. And that little kid wanted to know. And that's what we need to do. And I feel like that's the same thing in wrestling. There's a lot of people that they're around stuff, but they don't know how it works. How did we get here? That's what I want to do. If somebody feels like, hey, man, do you know about this? Yeah. Can you please enlighten me? Because <laughs> I'll give it up. I think we've actually had conversations like that backstage. I know for like me personally, I came from software development. So my group of friends was very, you know, white, middle-aged guys. And wrestling has introduced me to a lot of diverse people from diverse backgrounds and stuff. And as you're saying, a lot of it is just teachable moments in education. Like if I don't know anything about pronouns, I have to learn. It's on me. But knowing different people and having those conversations and going to different towns and being introduced to the communities and the culture, it's so, so important. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I'm, I always looked at we were talking and, you know, I have to I have this my, my I have a photographic memory so I can see the conversation. And then if the wheels start turning, then I can remember, oh, that's what that was. Like the whole case was you were in the ring and Luther was on the floor. And when both guys in the ring, the baby face in the heel went out to the floor, like it's the job, the referee's job to get in between the partner and the baby face. And if once you establish, hey, I told you to get back. If you don't get back, I'm going to throw you out. Now your job is to get in the ring and start a count. Yes. If you stand in the ring and you don't get out and establish that you told that person to back the hell off, then it's a free fall. And the people are looking like, well, what's going to happen now? Mm -hmm. Because they're conditioned. And like I wanted to explain that because maybe you hadn't been in a situation where somebody said, hey, it's more effective if you actually go there than to stand on the ropes and say, hey, get back. It's confusing to the fan. So, like, I've done stuff in my wrestling career where I've had to tell the referee, hey, come here, this dude, look, look at him. I'm, I'm, I'm out here working. This is, not a, this is an unsafe work environment. You know, I'm, I'm going to clown to get, to get the reaction that I need. But those guys that, are, that were on the floor that was in that situation, he couldn't say, Aubrey, ref, can you do something about this? Get him off my back. Let me work. Like, he, he didn't have the experience to do that. So you need to have that education. Now, I didn't have that, that, that conversation just with you. I had that conversation with them, too. Awesome. Because we're all one team, man. Yeah. yeah. We're talking with Mark Henry. Uh, we uh, are going to talk next about uh, his background as the world's strongest man, the awards that he has won, the championships that he talked about, and his part of AEW Rampage. This is AEW Unrestricted, official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony and Aubrey here with our wonderful, wonderful friend, broadcast analyst of the new Rampage coming August 13th on TNT, Fridays. It's going to be awesome. How excited are you about this, Mark? Man, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I've never met a microphone that I didn't like. <laughs> and, and I get a chance to do something that I do anyway just to entertain myself. Uh, I've found myself many times sitting and watching shows, and all of a sudden I will go, well, he shouldn't have done that. You know, and then people go, why? And it's like, did you see what the outcome was? Like, you know, and, and you just start explaining stuff and you do it in a comical, colorful way. And, you know, that's that's what the announcers do. They paint the picture and they they give you the information. It's like if I tell you, hey, uh, you never been somewhere. And I go, hey, go down this hallway till it dead ends. Once it dead ends, make a left, and then right there on the right is the bathroom. Now you have in your mind a picture. Okay, this long hallway, go to the end, make a left, and the bathroom is right there on the right. That's what announcers do. We give you the direction so you can know where you're going. And we, we have foresight 
understanding the body, the anatomy, you know, why that hurts. You know, well, it's, it's pretty simple. We got trigger points all over our body. You know, that's going to go numb if he continues to, to press on that. It, it gives people an understanding and something else in their mind that validates what they're seeing with their own eyes. And that, that was always one of my favorite things. I heard Tony Schiavone's voice like the last 30 years of my life. I never met Tony before. I really had a conversation with Tony before I signed uh, at AEW. I showed up at night. Right. We just kind of casually met one time. Right. We casually met in passing. And, but I felt like I knew him just like fans feel like they know us. And I've seen wrestlers get bent out of shape because a fan comes up and hugs them or slaps them on the back or something. They feel like they know you. They really do. Like they caught, man, I had a guy call me the other day. He was like, Mark. And I was like, I thought it was somebody I knew the way that he called me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, what's up? And he was like, oh, I, you don't know me, but I, I just felt like I, I, I knew you. I just wanted to talk to you. I was like, well, come on, man, what's up? And we had that conversation. But that's that's what we're, we're supposed to do. We're supposed to enlighten the fan of something that they didn't know that will actually bring more clarity to what they're seeing. And uh, sometimes that's a challenge. Sometimes it's fun. And uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But uh, it's the effort we bring in. And it's going to be great to have you part of our broadcast team. I can tell you that. Uh, Mark, to powerlifting now. You started, uh, are you right to say you started at 10 years old lifting weights? I started when I was 10. 10. Your mom got you your set of weights, right? Well, she really got it for my brother. Oh, okay. I begged for him. But um, I, I kept being told that I was too young. I was too young, and I don't have enough money for that. Like you know, that was that was like the biggest thing as a kid. You ask for something, we don't have money for that. And I'm like, oh. but like once once we got those weights, that was my relaxation time. Most people feel like it's it's work to do, but like I wanted to go and do that, and I could feel myself getting stronger every week. Right. I never took breaks. Uh, I never had like spring break or took a summer off or nothing like that. It's like I worked all the time. Uh, some stuff I did by accident. I did because I was already naturally strong. In order for me to do a squat, which most people knows what a squat is, when you put the ball on your shoulders and you squat down, I had to take it off a bench press. So... In order for me to get under it, I had to do a good morning where you put your head underneath the bar and then you raise yourself up vertically and then you do squats. And then I had to do another good morning to put it back on the bar and it had to be under control because you didn't want to hit your face on the bench. <laughs> so, and I learned that from experience. <laughs> but I did a lot of things that made me strong because it was functional. It was is what happened in while I was lifting. So, um, yeah, man, I started at ten, and I, 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 I've never, I never stopped. I still lift to this day. I'm kind of curious. How does a ten year old learn about weightlifting and develop an interest in lifting weights? Like, were you aware of strongman competition at that point, or is that something you learned about later? Yes, in '76, uh, I saw my first Olympic Games, and I saw Vasily Alexiev. And like, he's so great that it's like, you know, you see people like, you know, Simone Biles now at the Olympic Games. People throw roses at him and Vasily Alexeyev would put the roses in his teeth and he would bow and he was just so vagarious and, and full of life and fun. I was like, that's it. That's who I want to be. So every TV show that came on, with people lifting weights, I would go and watch it, and then I'd go try everything I saw. Not realizing that the body you is broke up into body parts. You know, you work your chest and triceps, back and biceps, and you work legs and back. I did everything every day. 
So I was overworking myself, but thank God I got the anatomy that I had because uh, I come from a family of athletes. I've, I've had four cousins win Super Bowls. I've had a, a alternate for boxing in the Olympics. I mean, I, I come from it. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing. But Corey, I don't know if you remember, there used to be a show on TV called Body Shaping and with Corey Everson. And you, you can Google it. And I got a chance to meet her. Uh, I went into the International Sports Hall of Fame like 2012 or something like that. And she went in in like 2014 or 15. And I was one of the hosts. And I saw her and I said, listen, I have to tell you, you know, a lot of the reason that I am who I am today, uh, you played a part in that. And she was like, oh, stop it. What are you talking about? I said, when I was like 11 and 12 years old, I used to watch body shaping and I would copy all the stuff that y'all did. And she just started crying. And I was like, I don't know what I said that made you cry, you know, but it's like, thank you, you know, and, and she accepted that and said that she never had the intent on affecting people. And I don't think that any of us do. I've had that feeling in my life as an adult. And Tony, I informed him recently that uh, one of the reasons why I love wrestling and, and love the, the hear calls was because of Gordon Soley and listening to him and listening to JR and Michael Cole and people. Like, I, I was able to pay attention and enjoy that. And I've been influenced by those people. So it's going to be, you know, something special to be able to actually get out there and call a show with Tony one of these days. It's going to be great. As a matter of fact, uh, we have kind of worked together behind the scenes to to get you ready. And it has been, it has been a, an incredible enjoyment for me. I can tell you that being able to step beside you and your personality certainly comes out, and it comes out, of course, uh, at uh, during Busted Open on Sirius XM. Even though you do have to work with Lagreca, bless his heart. Bless his heart is right. <laughs> uh, you were uh, Mark. Uh, you were in Barcelona and Atlanta, uh, and of course, we are uh, in the midst of another Olympics game. Talk about that experience. How was it for you? You know, my my Olympic experiences were great. Uh, I'm really, really blessed to to be an Olympian and to compete on that stage twice in front of billions of people. And I don't take for granted the notoriety that I, I got, but like, it was just a sense of pride. You know, uh, you see Olympic athletes standing at the podium crying and you go, man, you just competed in the games. You should be happy. It is happy. It's, it's you feel like, man, it's a sense of accomplishment that I can only say that having my kids felt like that. Like, it, it just, it was like heartwarming. It just made you feel like, wow, I, I did something. Like, I, you accomplished something. So my Olympic lifting experience was great. I know a lot of people, even, even though I came in 10th and even though I came in 14th, I felt like I won. I mean, I did the best that I could do. I was a little aggravated that they allowed people to compete against me that cheated, but I didn't let that be the uh, overwhelming downer. I just enjoyed my time and, um, you know, it was a lot of hard work and I felt like, wow, I made the team. It paid off. It's an incredible accomplishment just even making it to the Olympics and very yeah. few people can even say that they did that. So absolutely like Congratulations. I know it's been years and years and years, but I'm sure you're still very happy about your accomplishments and other people are very happy to have seen you make those accomplishments. I am. There was 633 Americans on that team. I wasn't a black American. I wasn't a white American. I was one of 633 Americans that got on a couple of planes and we were able to fly over to Barcelona and compete in Atlanta. And like, it was such a 
unbelievable, honoring, like really respectful feeling. I never, I didn't serve in our military, but I served my country and I'll be forever grateful. So Olympic success turned to wrestling. What was your decision to switch from a focus in weightlifting to becoming, you know, one of the greatest wrestlers ever? How, how does something like that happen? And I was a fan. It just like it is strictly a pro wrestling fan. I mean, I have wrestling comic books. Look at and, that. Uh, action figures and stuff that I grew up with. I, I still was well, as hard as a board now. But they used to make these things called stretchums. And, you know, like I still have mine from I was like 14, 13 or 14. And like whenever uh, I did Oprah, uh, her show, and she was asking me, what what does the world's strongest man do in his spare time? Do you lift buildings and stuff? And I'm, no, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. So um, Monday, Saturdays and Mondays, I watch wrestling. And she was like, wow, that's interesting. And I started getting calls from people that were fans and, uh, one of which was a guy named Milo Steinborn, who was a lifting guy, but he also wrestled a little bit. And uh, he, you know, got me in contact with Vince. And Vince called me one day, and I, I thought it was one of my friends, you know, that I watched wrestling with, joking, and I hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's not the first time that happened. And... Um, I, I got into, the, you know, I came into the business. He invited me to Connecticut and I never left. And as far as making it the first three years, I was horrible because during that time, people thought when the other people came in, you're trying to take their job. So nobody wanted to teach me anything. So they created developmental system. I was the first developmental wrestler because everybody else had, you know, you learned in the territories. You would go and sweep the floor and put the ring up and right. drive the truck and, you know, go get donuts and, you know, drive guys. Hey, man, I'm tired. You mind driving me to the next town? Oh, yeah, I'll drive you. And, and you know, and you're usually in your car and <laughs> <laughs> your gas money. Yeah, so like that, that's the way that it was. And I didn't have that experience. So people hated me for it. They, they felt like it was my fault for whatever reason. But like I said, I'm a hard worker. And I started winning people over and people started teaching me. And it was fortunate enough for me that I ended up in Canada with Owen Hart and Bret Hart. And I met Chris Jericho when he was a young kid, you know, and and I started learning from a real famous guy named Leo Burke, who was one of the best, wow. one of the best wrestling coaches that you can imagine. Absolutely. Uh, the only person that, you know, I could even remotely put in the same category with him is the other two guys that trained me, uh, Tom Pritchard and Rip Rogers. So, like, I got trained by three Hall of Fame wrestling coaches. Damn. And right. uh, I didn't have a choice but to succeed if I was willing to put the work in. And, you know, so I, I feel like that that was a blessing for me to to go and get trained. And I don't absorb my success by myself because uh, wrestling is a sport where you need a, somebody across from you. And I've had hundreds of guys that, you know, I enhanced and made them look good. And there were some guys that when I was the shits, they made me look good. So I can't really take that for myself. This this whole Hall of Fame thing, I feel like it's, it should be my gimmick now because, you know, I've been in my high school Hall of Fame, the state sports Hall of Fame, the international sports Hall of Fame, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, the Cauliflower Alley Club Hall of Fame. The, so so I've, I've been blessed to be able to be that guy, but it's, it's just by hard work. And, you know, I, I enjoy the fact that I've, I've been 
you know, have the success, but the success didn't go to my head because I know I didn't do it by myself. If, if there's some things that I've done by myself, then I'm like, good job, Mark. But I, pro wrestling, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't take it. Well, one of the uh, things that uh, makes us uh, special is the fans help us out a great deal with many, many things. Because as you said, Mark, they're our friends. And uh, coming up next, we have questions that we got online from fans for the one and only world's strongest man, Mark Henry. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here with the amazing and wonderful Mark Henry. We talked a lot about background in lifting, background in wrestling, and just positivity, leadership, lots of, like, I'm feeling warm and fuzzy, so I hope both of you guys You are. should, yeah, you should, buddy. It's wonderful, wonderful. So, talking a little bit about fans and just what they end up doing, the relationship they have with us. We asked for some fan questions online, and many, many people came through, I think, you know, why wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> first question from SnowJordan85 on Twitter. With all of the second generation guys we've got, Gun Club, Brian Pillman Jr., Dustin, Cody, even Brock Hook. What's the chance that the hand will get a contract? You know what? I still to this day don't get it. I've asked, I've asked Vince several times. So why a hand? And he goes, "It's a hand." And you go, get it. But you know what? If there is a second generation uh, wrestler going to come out of the Henry family. It'll probably be my son, Jacob, who is a super fan like I was. Yeah, good kid, man. Like really, really loves wrestling. And it said that he didn't care uh, if he was a Pro Bowl player, that he's only going to play about four or five years, and then he's going to quit playing football and start wrestling. And I'm like, wow, what if you end up being the best guy in the league? He's like, well, I'm going to have to, like, you know, make enough money early so I can – uh, go and establish my life so I can do what I want to do, which is wrestling. I'm like, well, the more power to you, man. And then, you know, when you get there, you know, hopefully I'll still be alive. But if if I'm not here to enjoy it, I'm sure that the fans will really enjoy him because he loves it. And he is a uh, he is a wonderful young man. He is so polite and so respected backstage. He really is. He Better be, be or he get one of these across his lips. <laughs> If my, dad was Mark, if my dad was Mark Henry, I would be a very nice young man as well. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yes. All right, J-Mac uh, talks about in WWE when you said you were going to retire and then you gave John Cena the world's strongest slam, which made you turn heel. He said, uh, J-Mac says, it was a great curveball. Wants to know how that idea came about and what was going through your mind at the time. It was, it was real. That's why it, it, it worked so well is because – uh, I truly wanted to retire and not wrestle no more and become more of an executive and do more coaching and training and uh, work in support. But they didn't want me to do that. They wanted me to keep working as a talent. So um, I was basically going to retire anyway. And Vince just talked me out of it. And uh, I knew for about four months but I still prepared like I was retiring that night. And uh, it was one of the more emotional moments in my life because I mourned the death of my career. And that's the way that I looked at it. That's why I was so emotional. And uh, it was over. And when I put the boots on the steps and uh, I walked to the ring, I said everything that I would have said at a retirement, and my kids did cry at that time when I left home. Um, and it used to hurt me being on the plane going, I'm going to miss ballet. I'm going to miss tap dance recitals. I'm going to miss my kids are in a band, you know, like that. Jacob is a lead singer in a, in a funk and, and hip hop band. And, um, my daughter plays the drums, so I, I would miss stuff. So it was it was tough. It was easy to draw on the emotion of the moment because it was real. Uh, I just knew that at some point I'm gonna have to shut the waterworks off and focus on 
doing business with John Cena. And John Cena was standing at ringside and it was really impromptu. It didn't, it wasn't something that was planned is John tried to give me the title. And and I just told him, no, I don't deserve to hold that. I, I never won that, I'm not gonna do it. And he just started crying because it was, I had emotionally got to him. And I knew when I, when I looked over there and I saw him crying, I was like, oh shoot, this is different. I knew it was different. And, you know, from the time that a lot left in the tank came out of my mouth to walking in the back, when I got in the back for the first time in my career, and it was the end of my career, all the wrestlers were in the back waiting on me. It was like walking into a concert, a crowd, a concert crowd. You walk off the stage and walk into the people. Everybody was there. And everybody was applauding and clapping, kind of coming up and hugging me. And I was like, damn, I would have retired a long time ago if I knew how to gotten everybody's attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, 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 it did work. It was different. Yeah. Now, that was always going to be one moment in my career that I'll, I'll, I'll treasure. Dark Order 69 on Twitter asks, since we know Mark Henry has got an eye for talent, are there any hot prospects we can expect to maybe be brought in for a tryout on Dark or just to kind of see if they would fit in the AEW locker room? There is uh, one that's retiring from the WNBA this year after this Olympics, uh, Liz Cambridge. <laughs> she is... Uh, from Australia, uh, 6'7", basketball player, Mm -hmm. uh, extremely athletic, uh, but you can't teach her size. And there hasn't been a woman be a giant in the business in a long, long, long time. And um, I think that she could be a, a talent that we'll talk about the way that we talked about Andre. This is from Bleak Outlook Disguised as a Man. That's right. That's the name of the Twitter handle. Bleak That's very Outlook. long. That's very long. Is. That's right. Bleak Outlook Disguised as a Man wants to know, do you still own the salmon jacket? I actually let the WWE put it in the archive for WrestleManias so fans right. could see all of that stuff. Me, It ain't in my closet. It's not going to be beneficial to the fans so a lot of my stuff are in museums and hall of fames and stuff like that makes a lot of sense we've got a question from chris jenkins on twitter out of all of the matches you've had is there one where you would consider it the perfect match win or lost uh no match i ever had was perfect the night that i lost the the heavyweight title to daniel bryan he and i had a a cage match the the week before that was pretty damn spectacular everything that we did worked. i mean it was like you go out there and do the wave and the whole crowd would do the wave i mean anything everything worked and i think about that match i think about you know uh being in a main event at a wrestlemania with the undertaker uh in a casket match that it was another match where everything worked but it wasn't just because of me. Uh, I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back like that. I'm saying that I, I say from a match perspective, I guess I can only take credit for promos and pre-tapes where I was by myself. And I don't think any of them were perfect, but I guess my retirement speech, if, if it was something that was impactful that the fans thought was pretty damn perfect was that retirement speech. You mentioned Owen Hart, and I know uh, we did a thing at a at a Starcast where you you talked about Owen. I know how close you were to him. And uh, Gregory McLean on Twitter wants to know, and I'm sure there's a lot of these. Mark, uh, your favorite memory or story of Owen Hart? <laughs> I think the 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 funniest thing uh, and the most memorable moment was I used to mess with Owen because he. He used to call people and play practical jokes on them. Right. And 
it got to the point to where I was like, well, I want to, I want in on the fun. I was like, can you call like some people I know? So when we rode together, I used to have a bag phone where you could unzip it and pull the phone out and it was connected to a cable still. Right. You could yeah. On the phone. So yeah. to entertain ourselves on these long drives, we would call my family, call my mom and said, told her he was with the IRS and that he was coming to take her house. And <laughs> I heard my mom cuss for the first time. Oh my God. <laughs> we did the same thing to my, to my manager, my coach, you know, told my brother that he got some girl pregnant and Owen was the girl's dad. And he was like, what are we going to do about this? And my brother was like, who is this? <laughs> you know who it is? I saw uh, last week, and he's like, yeah. "Man, I don't know you. I, I don't, I don't even know your daughter." And he's like, "Where is she from? Like, what's her name?" And he's like, "It doesn't matter. Like, I want to this. Like, so, like, we we had fun, man. We just mess with everybody. And uh, I'm actually glad that wrestling that ribbon don't exist in wrestling like that no more because it'd be a lot of fights. <laughs> oh yeah." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, he even pranked his own dad's too hard. Oh God. On the phone I, all the time. Yeah. So many times. So right. Many times he would mess with Stu. He called Stu and told him that, you know, he was his illegitimate son that he wanted, you know, some money. And it <laughs> was like, I don't have any kids. All the kids I had, I raised in my house. And he was like, no, you remember that time in Winnipeg where you came and you like, and he just, I mean, he, it was really weird. And yeah. he was like, who? I never touched a woman. And, and he was like, well, you oh, obviously gosh. touched your wife. You have like seven kids. And he was yeah. like, yeah, but it was okay for me to touch her. I didn't touch anybody. And just, uh, so he's arguing back. He was a horrible son, man. Yeah. But he, oh he used to, he, nobody was exempt. Nobody oh, was. Oh, I know. Legendary pranks, man. Man, I've seen him. He got, he, he made Vince almost fire him one day. Oh. <laughs> he duct taped Vince briefcase to the ceiling fan in, uh, in Vince's <laughs> office. And Vince came in and it was, it had burnt like the, the, um, ceiling fan was smoking. The motor. Yeah. Right. He had <laughs> burnt it up from like, I just, man, he, he didn't quit. Wow. Duct tape your, um, super glue your awesome. shoes to the floor, like all kinds yeah. of stuff. Wow. Mm. Oh boy. All right. We have a question from Rob on Twitter. Ask Mark about food, especially Oreos. Oh man, somebody know me. They they must be a busted open listener. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love food. I mean, I love food more than wrestling. Wow. As you can tell, I, I got body body by food. <laughs> right. Like I don't know what the ingredients that they mix together to make the white stuff inside of Oreos. But it's perfect. Mm -hmm. But I think there should be a national Oreo holiday. It really should. I mean, you can put it on anything. You can put it on fish. You can put it on chicken. You can put it on a steak. But mostly, I like to put it in my mouth. It's oh my god, that stuff is so good. I mean, do you like all the different flavors? I love them. And when they okay. come out with different ones, it's like Christmas. I'm like, oh my god, cookie! It just man, it brings me happy. Okay, so if you're if you're not aware, Bunny at AEW has a YouTube show where she taste tests Oreos, and every time there's a new round of the Oreos coming out, like we did one with uh, the pink sprinkles, we did one with uh, the carrot cake. So I need you to talk to Bunny because oh I feel God. like this is a match made in heaven. Yeah, man, we need to sit down and talk. I, I think I love her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! You got me rubbing my head. <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what I'm doing when I leave here. I'm going to stop by the Walgreens that's right here <laughs> when I leave my studio. The Walgreens. 
I'm going to go and get Oreos and milk, and me and my kids <laughs> are going to have Oreos and milk for lunch. Hey, they mom oh, out of town. God. She in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when dad, you do whatever dad wants to do. Damn right, buddy. Well, uh, as everybody can tell, uh, Mark Henry's a joy, Absolutely. both in and out of the ring. And uh, I just want to let you know how great it is to be working with you, buddy. And uh, it really, really is. And we really appreciate your time here today on uh, AEW Unrestricted. Really do. I appreciate it, man. Don't make me cry, man. You know I'm a softie. Uh, yeah, I know you're softie, but it's legit, man. You are, you're a treat to be around. You make me laugh all the time. And you're just entertaining and it's a great hire, man. I've told Tony Khan that. I said, you, Paul White, you guys are great leaders, backstage area, great performers in your day. Just great hires for this company, and I'm so glad you're here, Mark. Uh, we can, by the way, uh, follow Mark Henry on Instagram and Twitter at TheMarkHenry. TheMarkHenry is where you can find Mark. Well, thank you, Tony. It's, it's better be funny than funny looking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you could rock both, why not? <laughs> You can uh, make sure absolutely, absolutely turn into Rampage August 13th, kicking off in Pittsburgh, and then every Friday after that on TNT. It's going to be awesome. Don't forget, Elevation's on Monday on YouTube. Dark is on Tuesday. And of course, Dynamite on Wednesday, live, 8 o'clock, 7 central on TNT. And we're traveling. Check our schedule. We're coming to a city near you. Oh, it's so friggin' great. Yep. Listen to our podcasts, AW Unrestricted, for free wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review if you're there, while you're there. And you can also check out the video of this podcast and uh, see Mark Henry with uh, without his sponge hair. Yes. By the way, uh, on YouTube, search AW Unrestricted. Of course, you can hear Mark Henry each and every week on Busted Open on Sirius XM. Now, you're on Fridays, right, Mark? What are, what are the days you're on? I will be on Fridays on Rampage, and uh, if I need to fill in for somebody, if somebody needs to take a vacation, then I'll do Dynamite too. All right. There you go. You got it, buddy. Tony gets to take a break. That's what we just heard. <laughs> exactly. Obviously, at my age, I need plenty of breaks. You do. You do. Yeah. My name is Tony Schiavone. My name is Aubrey Edwards. Thank you so much for listening. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it.